Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Welcome to the World in Sport. I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, another PNG Rugby League International is headed for the NRL. Fiji Impress on the Women's World 7 Series. And the Barramundis wrap up another successful tour of Sri Lanka. But first, the next wave of Pacific AFL talent will be on show at the South Pacific Cup in Coffs Harbour later this week. Players from Nauru, Tonga, Fiji and Vanuatu have been selected in an under-16 Oceania squad to compete alongside Papua New Guinea, New Zealand and Australian state teams. AFL Pacific Development Officer Ben Drew, who will be coaching the Oceania team, says the carnival is a great opportunity for players to press their claims for higher honours. They all train individually in their own countries with their own development staff and then we come together in Brisbane or wherever we are for the South Pacific Cup and then we hit the ball running from there and from that Obviously, New Zealand just completed their under-16 nationals a few weeks ago, so they'll have their own team come across, and PNG have their national championships in September each year as well to form their squads. Because there really is quite a lot of money and investment in, in, in that youth programs going through all of those Pacific countries. Yes, we have a lot of affiliates out that way, so each country is an affiliate of the AFL, receive a grant each year to run their programs, plus they have corporate and um, volunteer sponsorship as well in each country. So they all run fantastic programs during the year, which generally I hopefully I try and get out to each country at least twice in a year and just to check up and make sure that they've you know, got the right processes and we put some KPIs and their development structures and everything as well. So they're, they're doing a lot of football out there and there's some very exciting young prospects coming through. And so from a tournament like this, the uh, South Pacific Cup are happening later this week. I mean, what are are the objectives, what are the goals for some of these young guys? They've obviously been selected. Are they sort of eyeing up some of those international scholarships at the AFL or is it just progressing to more senior sides at this point? It's the first step for most of them, um, especially ones from from the smaller islands. This could be their first trip outside of their country um, by themselves or at all. So the first step is obviously making your team, uh, the Ocean or PNG or New Zealand side, and then when we come together we we select a squad of 30 from there, which 25 end up playing and coming down for the under-16 national championships in July, and, and they form a South Pacific side in their own right, and then they play in the national under-16 championships, which then we have all the recruiting staff from the AFL, and then they obviously are showcased in, in front of there. They play against the world side, uh, Northwest Western Australian Academy, and also the Indigenous Boomerangs as well are in our division. And from there, obviously, they're all vying for uh, South Pacific scholarship places. A lot of the boys you know, are lucky enough to get onto international scholarships. You know, Yashem Tatupus and Kurt Heatherley's from New Zealand, just to name a couple of all made their way onto international scholarships and those two boys in particular started with us and then have progressed through and are now listed on Hawthorne's list. And so this is very much that production line. You, know, you talk about the tournament in Fiji each year, the under-15s, and then you've got this, the under-16s, and then slowly progressing through. And obviously later this year we've got an international cup coming up as well. Absolutely. So m- maybe some of these guys might be 
uh, a bit on the young side, but potentially a few of these could uh, flow on into that too? Absolutely, certainly. The age limit is uh, 16 and over, so there are, especially in some of the smaller countries, I mean, I, wouldn't, I, would, I would expect New Zealand may have enough senior players and older older players to play in their own right. But, I mean, some of the smaller countries, the Vanuatus and, and Tongas, that are, you know, they're, they're a lot smaller in volume within the AFL structure, and so they would have a lot of their younger kids playing at the International Cup level, which is very exciting for them, and it gives them a, a goal as well. It's not just about the South Pacific and coming over here. They can actually represent their own country at the International Cup. In terms of general interest in the region, do you, uh, are numbers strong in the Pacific at the moment? Are they growing? Yeah, numbers are very strong. Uh, we're sitting around that around that 100 to 120,000 participation mark and that's a and that's with all the countries combined and that that's inclusive of I mean to be a hard figure you need to run uh, they need to have at least six sessions of AFL so it's not just a one it's not including all just the one offs in the schools and doing a one off clinic with the kids this is everything from juniors to seniors in the pacific doing more than six sessions of AFL and they are a hard figure um, and they become, you know, that's, that number's up to about 120,000 as of 2013. So hopefully this year we keep moving forward and we head up to around that 130 mark um, across the board. Alrighty, so the incentive, as you've said there, is uh, for these guys that do well over the coming few days is to get selected and that uh, they combine the overall sort of team to, yeah. to go to the national champs. Exactly. And uh, and, and then the, the people that will be competing uh, later this month here in Wellington, where I'm... Uh, calling you from uh, as, as a part of the uh, AFL match, which of course is an annual event here now with St yes. Kilda. Um, so w- where, where are they drawn from? These boys this year, we've got, I've got um, a few boys from the Solomon Islands, a few boys from Tonga, a few boys from, from all over the Pacific coming for the under-21s out to, uh, out to Wellington for the week. Uh, we're there for four or five days. They play two games against the New Zealand the New Zealand Hawks senior side, and then also is some of the younger New Zealand boys will play for us as the South Pacific as well. So you have you know, that's a first warm up, first step as well for the senior New Zealand side to uh, for their international cup preparations as well. So last year it was it was uh, it was it worked very well. It was a very good game, and it was a very competitive match, and been aligned with the AFL game as well. Made it a bit extra special for the kids as well. I guess with all these tournaments and now this New Zealand event being an annual thing and uh, obviously being an international cup year as well, which I think is only every three years, it's a, it's a busy 2014. certainly is a busy 2014. It started off very busy and I think I don't think it's going to die down too soon. So I think it all sort of culminates with the international cup in, in August and then, you know, obviously that'll showcase not only the Pacific but uh, the work the AFL is doing around the world as well. See AFL Specific Development Officer Ben Drew. Papua New Guinea Hunters prop Mark Mexico has signed with Australian NRL side the Cronulla Sharks and will join the team immediately. The Kumuls International has signed a one-year deal with the option of an extension based on performances. Having just returned from minor knee surgery, Mexico played his final match for the PNG Hunters on Sunday in a 25-12 defeat to the Ipswich Jets. The 24-year-old is the second Hunters player to sign for an NRL side following Wellington Albert, who joined Penrith earlier this season. Meanwhile, the New Zealand Warriors have a new coach for the fourth time in three years after Matthew Elliott stepped down just five games into the new NRL season. Elliott's been replaced by his assistant coach, Andrew McFadden. Alex Coogan-Reeves reports. The coaching shake-up comes after the Warriors' 37-6 loss to the bottom-place Cronulla Sharks. The season hadn't started well with heavy defeats in the Warriors' first two matches, and while they then recorded two impressive wins, Saturday's thrashing appears to have been the last straw for the club. 
While comments on Elliot's social media pages suggest he didn't choose to step down, the club's chief executive, Wayne Scurrow, wouldn't be drawn on whether or not he was pushed. All I can tell you about is the facts. Matt's resigned. He wants what's best for the club. I spoke to him last night. I mean, he's disappointed. Um, not only that he's not the head coach, but he's disappointed more about where the club is in terms of results. And uh, we've set some lofty goals. We've put in millions of dollars more than we were into the club even two years ago. And uh, we, we've got, you know, we're setting ourselves high expectations. There's also been speculation that an unworkable relationship had developed between Elliot and players, and they forced him out. The captain, Simon Mannering, says Elliot's departure is a shock and denies there's been a player revolt. I don't think us players have a league to stand on to be saying who the coach is with the performance we, we played on, on Saturday. A lot of the um, errors on the field, that's not from a coach, that's from us as players performing on the field, so I, don't, I can't see where a player revolt came in. Simon Mannering says the team is fully behind the new coach, the Australian Andrew McFadden, who's in a head coaching role for the first time. McFadden says he won't be afraid to hold his squad accountable for their performances, and he's already hinting at replacing some experienced players with reserve-grade players this weekend. McFadden says for the Warriors to survive, there needs to be competition among players. They want a tough environment. This team's always had lots of potential and talent, and um, you know they get to pull their talent from one country and um, but ultimately we need we need tough players coming through and and I need to create the environment that allows him to be that. While Andrew McFadden admits the pressure on him will increase his head coach he's not the only one under intense scrutiny. Frustrated fans this morning flooded the club's social media pages with calls for the chief executive to step down. However Scarra says while he knows he's under pressure he's confident he's got the club headed in the right direction. I'm up for the challenge. I think I can still make a positive difference and still do. Uh, but at the end of the day, if, um, if the board or the owners disagree, I have to be prepared for that. And you know, I'm here to try and help the club win a comp. And, and my primary task is to get the money to ensure we resource football to do that and be part of the decision-making process as well. But absolutely, um, I'm accountable. Fans will have their first chance to see how the Warriors respond to the coaching change on Sunday when they meet the Bulldogs at Eden Park. That's Alex Coogan-Reeves. Papua New Guinea's cricketers have wrapped up their second annual tour of Sri Lanka in winning fashion. The Barramundis piled on a whopping 227 for six, batting first in their T20 match before bowling out a Sri Lanka selection side for 174. It was the Barramundis' third straight victory on tour and fourth overall in seven games. Head coach Rarua Dukana says the growing links between the countries can only mean good things. The guys that are organising this tour have been very helpful and very willing to assist in our in our development, so which is a which is a sign of good uh, relationship uh, beginning to um, sort of establish between us and them. And like I said, it's it's a good development for our boys, uh, especially uh, Sri Lanka being a being a big cricket nation and. For us to establish such a relationship, because we get to play against some of the test players, their former test players, current as well, and and a host of uh, their first class players. So our boys get uh, get to get some quality cricket uh, during that uh, sort of series, and very healthy for our cricket, and especially for our senior players. It's been a good week for Sri Lanka, hasn't it? Winning the uh, World T20 there. Uh... Uh, I'm sure you guys would have taken some interest in that, obviously seeing the Netherlands, a team that you beat not so long ago over in the 
UAE toppling England, which uh, I guess just shows you know anything can really happen in that form of the game. Definitely, and uh, it's just uh, all about being consistent. And like uh, we played against uh, the likes of the Netherlands and Ireland, Hong Kong, even Nepal, Afghanistan. Like, um, and they go on to play against uh, the big boys and to see them. Uh, uh, compete and win matches against the, the big boys. So it's a big uh, encouraging signs for the, the upcoming nations, the shaped nations. And in that format, anything can happen. And like on our part, uh, it's all about consistency from here on because we also competed well against uh, the boys who played in the World Cup. And for us to maintain or to go a step, a step further up, is to make sure that we are consistently performing and the Sri Lanka tour is part of the process for us to maintain our growth and uh, a couple of weeks in Sri Lanka, especially playing against our quality side, maintain the consistency and uh, hopefully um, we maintain, the players maintain their form and our World T20 qualifier, um, the boys are already geared up for them. It's been a very busy, and I think we've touched on this previously, a, a really busy sort of six-month period for Papua New Guinea cricket. You've had uh, the qualifiers for the T20 Worlds, for the 50-over World Cups. You've had other tournaments. You've had the Under-19 tournament, which you went over to uh, as well, uh, and, uh, and now the Sri Lankan tour, uh, and that's without having gone to the T20 World Cup. Now, now this was your first tour as head coach. How, how was that? I was only picking up from where the first coach left, and the guys were all geared up for for the Sri Lanka tour. Uh, as you said, um, there were a number of uh, um, tournaments the guys attended, and the boys were on the road uh, all the while. And I just sort of jumped on the ship and just make sure that things are uh, maintained at, uh, at the same rate of growth. So, and the boys responded well in Sri Lanka. We actually sat down and said, boys, we, we, we know what to expect from the Sri Lanka tournament and or the series, and we have to be at our best. The boys responded well, and obviously we had some good results in, in Sri Lanka. So, like I said, the boys have been on the road, and I just had to uh, jump on the ship and make sure we're still heading the, into the right direction, and which which is what happened in Sri Lanka. So that's, that will be my focus again, just to make sure that we are we're going in the right direction, in the same direction still. A couple of losses there to start the tour, Ravrua, and then obviously you guys found some form and finished with four wins out of seven, uh, two each in the 50-over and uh, T20 formats. Uh, what things were you most happy about from the tour, be it individual uh, performances or be it uh, things that the team did, or, or and, and where do you still see uh, places to work on for the team? The focus was to make sure that um, we are consistently performing because, uh, as has been mentioned a number of times, uh, the boys have been... Have been on the road for the last in the last six months, and uh, the main focus was to make sure our growth was consistent and we were maintaining our growth, and that's what we focused on. We focused on, uh, and then we broke it down into small pieces. And going down to individuals, we set targets for individuals, and we set team goals, and uh, the results uh, were encouraging from the Sri Lanka tour. That's the PNG cricket coach, Ravrua Dakana. Fiji have finished fourth after an impressive showing in the penultimate round of the IRB Women's Seven Series in China. The Fijiana team beat England and Ireland in pool play, either side of a loss against Australia to qualify for the Cup semi-finals. Eventual winners New Zealand proved too strong, winning 26-0, 
before Canada ran away 26-5 victors in the third-place playoff match. But Fiji's 14 points saw them jump to eighth in the overall standings, ahead of teams such as Brazil and Ireland, who've competed in twice as many tournaments. The fifth and final tournament of the World Series is in the Netherlands in May. And English Premiership Rugby Club London Irish have signed Manu Samoa International Daniel Leo for the upcoming season. The veteran lock has played 34 tests for his country, including at the last two Rugby World Cups. He's spent the past four years in France, of which most recently he played for Perpignan. And that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.